Good evening once again, everybody. My name is Mike Cisneros, and you're listening to another edition of Cincy Brewcast. I am joined tonight once again by our blogger extraordinaire, the gnarly gnome. Gnome, good evening. Good evening. And our other hostess with the most S uh, from Brew River, or, uh, yeah, from Brew River uh, Gastro Pub down on uh, Riverside Drive, Tina Cisneros. Ahoy, ahoy. And uh, we'd like to welcome everybody viewing on Periscope TV. I had a couple of people actually ask me today if we were going to be doing Periscope, and we absolutely are. So uh, don't forget to go to uh, the iTunes store and download the Periscope app, and you can join Cincy Brewcast live from anywhere in the whole wide world. So thanks for everybody out there that's uh, watching and everybody that's listening uh, uh, via SoundCloud. And uh, don't forget to download the SoundCloud app for your uh, device, your Android and or i device, your Apple device. So right now we are going to meet our guests for the evening. They've been so kind to join us in the studio. They are the founders of Darkness Brewing, which is attempting to get underway over in Bellevue, Kentucky. Uh, Ron Sanders and Eric Bosler. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Good Thanks evening. For having us. Thanks for coming to, to the uh, studio tonight and joining us. And, of course, all of our listeners and viewers know that what we do from the very first uh, moment, the very first instant, is we drink. So we have some very interesting beers that we're going to pull out of the beer fridge tonight. And, uh, Tina, can you t give us a little description, first of all, of what we've got on hand so i guess we might as well just jump right into it we are you doing being the bartender that, you know so <laughs> we yeah, are doing are. the uh side by side soul drifter by mad tree and um strawberry pig by Moreline. uh strawberry pig is a cream ale soul drifter is a blonde and um we're just going to kind of drink them one right after the other or kind of intermixed in there and see kind of just what um what our different tasting notes are on it um different flavors there's a little bit of a difference because the um, Moraline uses the strawberry extract, whereas um, Mad Tree uses puree. So it gives it a little bit different flavor. So we will uh, we'll see. So, so the so the extract supposedly gives it a more what in, in, intense flavor. Uh, I think it's more intense. I, th I think I wouldn't even say a little bit of a difference. It's a major difference to me. It's not that one is somewhat know, necessarily more better, but artificial i think personally yeah see yeah, um I'm, I'm not a big fan of artificial myself but but we'll see has anybody had this so, so the first one yes. is the soul drifter yes that you've handed us yeah it's a little bit warm uh, uh just because it's been sitting out for a little bit but. well you know uh, a little bit cloudy uh and very pale i think it's it's they added more extract this year, and you can tell mm -hmm. by the color when you, you look at it, it in the too. right light. You can it, It's pink. The it's Soul, got, it's the got soul got a, Drifter. It's got a pink hue to it, yeah. The, but they use puree. Right. Right, more puree. Okay. Yes. Did I say extract? You did. You did say okay. puree. So Sorry. we want to be accurate. And then the second one Extracted is the... Extracted puree of a strawberry. Is the strawberry pig. That's and that's a creamy. Mm -hmm. So that's going to have a little... smells more strawberry. Yeah. And even the cream in there. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It smells like strawberry shortcake to me. I think it like smells the like the actual um, doll. Oh, Remember yeah. how the strawberry yes, shortcake like doll the, smelled uh, like strawberry? Ew. <laughs> or like a cereal, yeah, really cereal gross. Milk. That's pretty gross. Yeah. I think that's yeah, uh, like a uh, like like Nestle's strawberry quick. Yeah, or, uh, exactly. What that's the, what um, we've been comparing. Frankenberry. Yeah. 
You remember <laughs> Frank and Mary Sue? Yeah. 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 yeah it is. That's the one I was thinking of. I couldn't think of that the other day. I like, th- I think it's a, the strawberry pig's a little bit more tart. I get a little bit more of a tartness to it. I like it. You know, I know that everybody rags on the fake versus real thing. I don't think it's a bad beer. I don't mm-hmm. think it's no. good. It's, no, not at all. I don't, I personally don't like it as much as I like Soul Drifter, but I, I like that, the, 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 the nuanced strawberry, I guess. Like, it's not in your face where I think strawberry pig is in your face. Yeah. I, I, just, think, but. I, I just think that the, the styles, they're both, they're both kind of fitting of their style. Mm-hmm. And I think if you tried to do one, I think if you tried to maximize the strawberry flavor and the Soul Drifter anymore, it wouldn't taste right because it's, it's more of an ale. And the other one's more of a, you know. There's a, like a lot of bitterness in there as well. That would be yes. It might it might like clash a little bit. Yeah, yeah. If it were mm-hmm. if it were yeah. any sweeter, if if it were any more strawberry e, mm-hmm. for one of a better for one of a better yeah. term. Strawberry e. Yeah. Like strawberry e. Yeah. Very technical. Strawberry sized. Mm-hmm. And these beers available at uh, most major. Yeah. Beer retailers or the gas station or and probably um, the exact same price, probably nine ninety nine six pack. Yeah. If I'm going to make an opinion of one that I prefer, it's probably the Soul Drifter. Just they're because they're I'm, very different, though. Like I feel like mm-hmm. it's not fair to compare them and put them in that same category. Just they both have strawberries, but that cream ale <laughs> versus almost a, a pale ale, they're they're almost in a different category to me. Right. It's it is tough to compare them just because they are so different. Well, I didn't say I was trying to compare them. Well, I said I was, no, we are I was comparing saying, them. That's I was saying that I preferred the soldier. <laughs> which, let me tell you something. Just standing there in front of a cooler full of craft beer at uh, your local, you know, beverage mart or supermarket, I'm probably not buying either one of these beers. Oh, myself. Oh. Now I know that you love the Soul Drifter, but I'm just, I don't know. I think it's the pink can. <laughs> I'm a fan of the Soul Drifter. Yeah. I, I, I drink a I like lot both of it sitting around the pool in the summer. It's My wife likes this one better, the Strawberry Pig. Mine does I definitely too. think the Strawberry Pig has its place. It, it feels cleaner, maybe, mm-hmm. but I personally, I prefer the more flavor. I think there's more complexity to the Soul Drifter. Um, I don't know. There's more going on. I, I could see drinking a lot more of them in a row. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like if you drink too many strawberry pigs, it just make make you feel like sick, like they give you a headache. Yeah. Like I think I could only handle one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I, it's very it's and that may a even be just psychological. I'm just don't you know like some people really love like white Russians or or B fifty twos or or you know like a lot of margaritas and us or Long Islands and it's just that to me that's just so much sugar mm-hmm. that I really don't prefer that type of you know, booze drink. So I'm certainly not going to be real interested in a sweet, even even just anything with the connotation that it's sweet mm-hmm. beer. Right. It just doesn't. But you know, to each his own. Except for stuff like stouts, which I think make it. Well, that's a different. You know, yeah, that's, a, that's, that's a different, that's a different flavor yeah. profile. I mean, you're not going to really enjoy a strawberry so now, stout. Huh? Brothers comes out with this. What is this? A s'mores? More of what? S'mores porter. It's a. Is it a porter? Is it the stout? It doesn't actually is it a, say. It says ale with natural flavor added and aged in bourbon barrels. I didn't realize it was barrel aged, um, but it's dark. So 
Let's at least call at, at it least a, a stout. Stout. What, what do you gentlemen think? You're you're going to be the darkness of Cincinnati at some point. So what? Well, it's smelling stouty. Yeah, but that could also be the, uh, the barrel aging, throwing that off. Smells sweet. I'm a little bit boozy. Mm. Could be a porter. Hmm. Oh, that's good. I like it. I think yeah. it tastes really good. It tastes real chocolatey. really good. Mm-hmm. You get that. I get the. I get that marshmallow right at the I'd very see, beginning. I don't get the marshmallow at all. A Just bit, yeah, right when it right first front, enters my yeah. mouth. Almost in mouth feel. You mm-hmm. get that. Like okay, that whipped marshmallow thing. Yeah. It's a big beer, but it doesn't finish real heavy. Mm-hmm. No. It kind of. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah. What's What's the ABV on it? It's a Listerman, so it's not ten. Did they make uh-huh. this one, the Quaff, this Quaff Brothers, Listerman's? Yes. Yeah, we don't have this either. I mean, come on, guys. I get think it it's, an, and I wish I could. It's got to be. Stuff's sitting in front of me. I know I sound like a dumbass because I'm the host <laughs> of this show, and I'm supposed to know more about uh, craft beer than probably this neophyte question, but Quaff Brothers is a couple of guys, a couple of guys, or it's it's project project brewing, or? It's, it's a... Um, a, a, a gypsy brewer it was before eight ball was around party source um had a brewery that just went from location to location around cincinnati and teamed up with them and made a beer and then sold it at party source and then once eight ball started up they were, we're not going to stop this this is fun so they still kind of go around and um they tend to make more off the wall stuff lots like of this. lots of barrel stuff because there was a root beer one that was actually surprisingly very tasty but they just filled it full of spices and herbs and roots and they're uh they are definitely pushing the envelope they're not making anything quote-unquote normal right and they're not because i agree with you ron it's it finishes nicely it finishes smoothly but i'm i'm not drinking this beer in july and yet they come out with it now at you know at the early part of the summer here I'm, that's just kind of surprising to me i, I don't but know though I, sit, ar- sit around you know think about when you eat a s'more you sit around a bonfire this, around this, this might yeah. actually work really good like on a summer night you know sit around a campfire we should have gotten some s'mores had a little <laughs> had a little snack why didn't i think we should have done a podcast around a bonfire yeah. yeah well that's coming we'll we'll, 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 we'll figure, we'll that, figure one that one yeah. out soon enough don't worry about that because I like that kind of stuff too myself. We actually brought I, um, some s'mores supplies to Madry on Saturday and made s'mores using one stick because we could only find one stick um, at the Madry campfire. <laughs> so I do like it. It's not overly spicy. It's, I like it, this a lot. Yeah, it I mean it's 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 really actually right down my alley. This yeah. is the kind of stuff that I like. Get so that's why yeah, I'm excited. Figure out how much. Or- did we see alcohol? We didn't see it. No, I, and I looked and I, it up and I couldn't find it. I, I've got it somewhere here. Hang on. It's a secret. <laughs> Let me just check it's the gnarlynome.com. It's not 4%. No. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's nine, you it's got, nine yeah. something. It's you right got 4% that out of that. bourbon barrel. Yeah, exactly. You know, and then well, the, other, the beer might have been 6%. You get half went, a percent you, you out get, of a bourbon barrel. Yeah, I mean, tell me about that real quick. What Do you do? You get anything out of the out of the bourbon barrel or do you just get the flavor? I would say it would depend from barrel to barrel uh, because it just really kind of most of the big alcohol boost is from what's left in the barrel and it, it can be the same distillery emptying you know hundreds and hundreds of barrels in a day if they leave 
for them, they could leave two bottles in there, three bottles in there, one bottle in there. No doubt, really. And so, yeah. That, that's surprising that they would leave that they Legally, they leave don't, that much. I don't think. Technically, they're supposed to take it But if you out. take a bunch of barrels and you hold them upside down, they'll drain a little bit different amounts. And then that also kind of comes into what's in the barrel, its strength, its... You know, there's. I think there's a lot of variables. I, I definitely. I mean, everything I've ever had in a barrel is always the alcohol is always kicked up. Uh-huh. But then I would think if you were to reuse that barrel, that a lot of that alcohol's gone, so you wouldn't get as much of a. Which of is a which is interesting too. I was talking to um, a local brewery that had a, a bourbon barrel beer that they put out pretty early, and um, it was it was boozy. It was good, but they said the the primarily the reason they released that beer was to help try to get some of that that booze out of there because mm-hmm. they wanted to do something else in that barrel okay something well we, we try to keep our our from the beer fridge segment to about five to three to five maybe six minutes if we got a lot of beers 9%. we spent we spent three be- three minutes on each beer or six minutes on each beer so far so <laughs> we need to move this thing All along right. um start guzzling so gnome tell us a little <laughs> bit about rivertown's death Oh, you know, if you haven't had death, it's, and I, I haven't tried this year's in a bottle yet, so it could not be or be more spicy than what it was on tap. It, when I had it on tap this year, I wasn't, I didn't, you know, have my mouth on fire the way I have in years past. So I don't know if you guys tried it this year at all, but, you know, in years past, mm-hmm. there's sometimes where it's, uh, it'll light you up, but it's, it's a big I guess it's probably a Russian Imperial Stout with uh, uh, Jalokia ghost peppers in it. So, I mean, it's... <laughs> it can go a couple different ways, but... God bless. Wow. It almost smells like a soft drink. It almost <laughs> smells like Coca-Cola or... I think it sort of smells like beer. baby formula. It smells like dried chilies to me. That's it, really? Yeah, like uh, that. There's that dried fruit thing that yeah. goes a lot of those dried chilies. I get the, after you say that, I get no. that. And, no, oh, I swear, I've eaten, I've eaten a lot of those. Oh, those I, I just got that. Hold on. Whoa. Now I don't get the burn at all. I get yeah. it. I think it's in my head. I know I got it. <laughs> just as soon as you said that, maybe it was okay. Power of suggestion. Okay. I mean, yeah, I think so. A little bit uh, like opening a, a bottle of cayenne pepper that you're mm-hmm. going to put into That's a thing, just I've, getting that whiff. Just a tiniest bit. Smoky. It's the, the, not the really chili, it's, it's the not chili hot, is smoky though, it doesn't to me. Hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a smoke great. flavor works really, really well with the the great. stout. You know, I think it's I think it's a great pepper beer because of that. It doesn't burn you out. You get the flavor of the peppers, which is mm-hmm. fun. Um, yeah, because when I had it last year, I had it on draft, and it was like it was really spicy. Yeah, and I'm not. Yeah, and I'm not really a huge fan of beers with pepper in it anyway. Peppers in it. Um, so I didn't really love it, and I had heard all of the, oh, you have to have death, you have to, it's fantastic, it's amazing, and once I finally got it, I was a little bit disappointed, but this I can really get behind, I think. It's giving me a little tingle mm-hmm. on the back of the throat, and kind of on the back of the tongue. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've yeah. experienced it. a lot of... Uh, dried peppers. My dad's from New Mexico. They have the they they use a lot of the dried New Mexico chili. I've had that. A lot of cayenne pepper because I love Cajun food and and things like that. So I'm getting that. Yeah. You know that dust yeah. that kind of like it's dusty quality it has that, that yeah. dusty flavor that it has. I'm getting that for sure. Yeah. I don't. 
I feel the heat coming. Maybe if I had a whole pint of it, I could feel it by the end. Right. Or, to, you know, if you were eating something else, too. Yeah, it's a great, exactly. yeah, great yeah. food beer. It would be uh, with uh, guacamole or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huh? yeah. There you go. I, I love it. It's fantastic. It is, yeah. <laughs> I'm a fan. Yep. Again, <laughs> one. You know, like mm-hmm. one pint. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Here, I'll have some more. Yeah. <laughs> if, you're, if you're poor, I'll take one. Absolutely. Sure, that's tasty. I'm going to get the idea of... Why does he get the bigger taster? <laughs> that's, his, that's his Braxton. That's my Braxton. That's mine. Okay. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank right. you. It's thank you. It's about, it's about time somebody around here said that. Mm-hmm. The, it's my show card. Oh, oh yeah. If you're buying. Absolutely. That's a fantastic beer. Uh, tell you what... Um, and you know, four ninety nine a bottle. That's it. Is that That's what it, it is? Oh, the same as the uh, insurrection. Yes. Yes. yes, That's Not, insane. You can't, you can't how can get they, it. You can't find it now. But how? How? how again? How can they do that? Oh, that's uh. That's Ohio prices, just for our Kentucky oh, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just saw it today at Depths. Well, so I saw the. Uh, I you saw Depths at Depths. I think oh, it well, was like fine. seven bucks or something. I saw um, the party now, source had insurrection for. Five bucks. When so I was there okay. today. so that and that brings up the question: Is it really five dollars, or did they kind of knock it up a little bit because you can't get it anywhere else? Oh, now? oh I'm sure it's it, uh, the place I'm talking about. They're real competitive. They're real competitive with the like the party. Right. Yeah, we, yeah, we love yeah. Depps. Yeah, I love, yeah. I love yeah. Depps. Uh, I think it's just that you know the tax point when you're selling beer in Kentucky versus Ohio. Is Depps, is out there and listen. But I'm pretty sure party sponsor source the program. For we love you. Okay. <laughs> we love you, Depps. <laughs> Uh, I honestly stayed away from it because in the past it was so hot I couldn't drink it. Hey, really are you going to stop on your way home and pick uh, it up? Yeah, I'm, actually I might. Actually, you're right. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Do we want to do the Mormine Altered? No, uh, we'll pass that one up. We'll do that one next week because um, <coughs> these guys brought some. Yeah, we have a rye ale too. Yeah, so. All right, we will experience those uh, as we get into our conversation. With these guys once again. If you missed my introduction to the beginning of the show, we have Ron Sanders and Eric Bosler from Darkness Brewing, and they're they're in they're going to be in Bellevue, Kentucky. And we really appreciate you guys coming out tonight. We have a lot of questions for you. I know Noam's got a lot of questions that he wants to ask you. Hopefully, you'll be willing to uh, answer even some tough ones. So, uh, but uh, let's have what you brought. Let's have what you brought first. All right. Well, you're Tell, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? And this is again as a homebrew, but yeah. can we be oh it's like expecting it? Expecting so to speak. it, or be, I think that it'll be, definitely end up in the in the rotation at should, some point. Can we rinse? Should we rinse these out real quick? Or this is uh, you, you might want to because this is uh, yeah, this is sort of the opposite of what our main flagship stuff's going to be. Gonna uh, this is definitely more for like a summer guzzler type beer. It's uh, I essentially did a hefeweizen, but instead of uh, wheat malt, I subbed it all out with rye malt. So it's half barley, ha- half rye, it's Pilsner malt specifically, and then uh, the wine stuff and yeast, which is just a classic. So this is not a yeah. dark beer. Do what? This is not a dark no, beer. No, no, that's the irony. <laughs> You're starting us off yeah. with a light beer. Well, this is all we had available at the moment. We had a big and, yeah. family and friends party last weekend, and we had eight, Say no more. seven or eight different beers, and they all got destroyed, and we... This was the one we were able to save a few bottles of this one, and uh, yeah, we went through about five kegs, and it was amazing how much got drank. Wow! But just well, that's as, that, yeah. that's high praise. Yeah. And again, from what I understand, 
in talking to some other people that I've spoken to, uh, namely Bob Bolas of, of Fibonacci, who's starting his own. In fact, he's started brewing today, I suppose, Noam, or yesterday. yesterday. Yeah, he just right. recently got his state approval. Right, yes. He just recently got his state approval. And one of the things he told me was, and it's the same story from Thank Mike you. Dewey at, at, at Mount Carmel, is that when the family and friends approve, when the family and friends want to drink the beer that you brew at home, Dogberry guys said it too. Yeah. Uh, that, it, that was their first sign that, hey, we've got something here and we really should explore yeah. getting into the business. Yeah. And is that kind of what is that kind of what did it for you guys? Yeah, I mean, we pretty much. Um, I, yeah, actually, I started as a friend buying Eric's beer. There you and, go. Uh, so I would come over. Our, I don't know if you, how much backstory you saw uh, from us on the web, but uh, well, tell us tell you us know. what you because no one's heard your voice before. There That's where the voice of Cincy Craft. There you go. So tell uh, us the story. Well, Eric and I, uh, we've been, probably been friends for probably about 10 or so years, and uh, our wives are hairstylists, and they work together, so we kind of would bump elbows at company parties and stuff through the years, and then uh, I found out that he started brewing beer, so then when I started seeing him, I started, uh, hey, can I throw you some money and take a six-pack home? And he didn't even expect it, <laughs> really. Uh, I'll see what I can do, and then he started putting little six-packs aside for me to be able to drink, and, uh, and personally, I loved him, and then... Um, my wife and I got married, and so then I ordered a cake from him for my wedding reception, and uh, it, it was a dark beer in the middle of summer, but I was like, I love dark beer, make me, so he made me a smoked porter in the middle of summer, everyone's sweating, <laughs> and I had a cooler full of Bud Light, and I had rum on the tap over here, and all these summery fruity drinks, and, uh, and a line was forming at his little table to get his smoked porter in July. And uh, and he we everyone at my party drank it all night long. My dad was drunk walking through the woods. And, <laughs> that's fun. And, uh, it was great. And I'm like, man, surprised me too. That sounds like a great wedding. And yeah. yeah. wedding gets off the hook like that. Yeah. You're you're doing all right. And uh, so that for me, that was the point where the kind of the rubber met the road. So it was one thing to to drink it from the sidelines and enjoy it as a fan, and then to see people really engage with Eric and and I was too, and it was a lot of fun. And so finally, I started asking him, hey, you know, and, and eventually I wore him down, and he let me start brewing with him. So. And then he and I have been brewing together in his kitchen now for probably the past three plus years, going on four years, and uh, and that's that's how I got into the brewing with him. You know, we've we've talked about that before. How that's what separates this from anything else is when you walk into a brew pub and you meet that person that yeah. made the beer. And it's you know more so with nano breweries like that. You know, the people behind the bar are the people that made the beer. You know, it's or, or their wives. You know, or their their, their brothers, or their sisters, or you know their cousins. Yeah. You know, like it's these. It's this real tight knit community, and then when you when you walk in and you talk to somebody, like, well, I made this first for this situation, and here's where you know this this came from, and like, it it, it, it that's why it's an industry like no other, and uh, it's Absolutely. it's so fun to see those stories come to life and see it take that next step from a wedding reception to opening up a a, a brewery and and sending it out there to the rest of us drunks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, this. This is really one of the strangest colored beers I've ever seen. Yeah. I it's love really, it. Really, really, <laughs> really, yeah. really, really pale. That walnut rye malt is almost gray. It gives it some gray. Yeah. yeah. And it uh, and then the Pilsner malt is really just allowed it to just let the colors come through. And like I said, simple 
but it just it the the rise it doesn't come off really necessarily spicy and peppery. A little tiny bit. Yeah, when I don't gets know if warm. that's still this death so. talking, but I get I get a there's little, a little bit there, especially bit once it. it warms up. But um, it's more just it's amazing how I find it amazing how it just it just leaves your palate like the la- scrubs right. it clean and wants you to drink more. The lady that met you at the door with me uh-huh. would go. Well, bananas, because ah, it's got a little of the banana, yeah, well, and she would go bananas yeah. over this because this is what she prefers. This mm-hmm. is her, this is her beer style, and she will. She'll sit and drink a beer like this all day long. So, and I gotta, we gotta get her down here to just <laughs> yeah. get a shot of it because. Um, so, what were your? I like to ask this question. I've asked mm-hmm. it to a lot of the interviews that I've done. Uh, what were what were your individual paths to craft? beer everybody you talk about you had a cooler of bud light at the wedding and Mm -hmm. everybody starts with that Mm -hmm. everybody has that then there's a you know there's a eureka moment or a a search for you know mine was a search for just more flavor and and it led me you know right away to the to the heineken darks and the grolsch darks Mm -hmm. and the guinness stouts and things like that so mine it was just there at a party <laughs> I, and I tried it and I liked it. So a search for flavor yeah. and a search for local. So what? Well, for me, it was. Uh, I grew up in the Air Force. Dad was in the Air Force. Retired. He's a pilot. Retired out of the Air Force. Got hired by United Airlines, and we went. We moved to Denver in the early '90s. So mm-hmm. I uh, I was surrounded by beer before I really even knew what beer was. And um, so for me, and it's a long, complicated story how I ended up here in Cincinnati area, but. Um, from, it's just always been, I've always just been intrigued by what, what was out in Colorado, the multiple brew pubs and small little places where you can't get it except for there. Uh, and then I'm also been in the bar business for the last 15 years or so. And uh, so you kind of take the, my background of just sort of being there, moving to Cincinnati where everything happens 10 years later. <laughs> and then, so actually watching what happened in Denver happen here all over again. And now I'm old enough to be a part of it and have been a part of it for these years. And so uh, that was sort of the start. And as far as beers themselves go, you named them all. Guinness, you start off on Guinness, go to Heineken. I'd been to, I went over to Europe and tried a bunch of stuff, fell in love with Belgian beer. Uh, and then that sort of evolved into the American craft once it was available, especially here. Mm-hmm. I've been here for maybe 15 years mm-hmm. now. So uh, once stuff was available, I started switching off of the imports into the more locally crafted stuff. Yeah. And I also just happened, I don't know what's if it's weird or if everybody's like that. I don't really like buying the same thing twice. I, I live in Bellevue. I got the party source. It's not a problem to go in there and buy something new every time right. I want something. Right. And right. Uh, so it's... I guess at this point it's almost like a downhill snowball thing. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's out of control. Oh, yeah. I can't believe how much yeah. I spend on beer sometimes. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> it does get out of yeah. control. Yeah. I, I'd like to see the beer budget for our show, what we've spent. So, what we've all hey, spent at least it's not together. wine, right? So, yeah, that's well, right. We got wine, too. If you <laughs> Ron? Well, for, well, my story is it actually probably is Mount Carmel. Um, mm-hmm. I live out here by you guys and by Mount Carmel. And uh, for the longest time, Newcastle Brown Ale was my favorite. And uh, every time that, that. that's my go-to 12-pack, and uh, and then the drive-through by my house one time when I was getting the Newcastle, I saw Mount Carmel. I was like, oh, and I recognized it because in the know, growlers or in the growlers, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah the silers over, you know what uh-huh. I'm talking oh, about. Yeah. Oh yeah, I went I'm, to school with uh, yeah, the yeah. the son yeah. of. 
Kevin, yeah. My standard my standard weekend order for about a year and a half when we had a pool when we lived over on Nature Run, as mm -hmm. I was telling you before we started recording, was was uh, a, a twelve pack or a case of bass ale and two no it was a, a twelve pack of bass ale and two young uh, oatmeal stouts. That was my standard weekend. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's, fair, it's and I get it from Silas. Yeah. 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 No, no, that's not a bad weekend. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. That's yeah. exactly. I'm sorry. Continue. No, no, no. I mean, that was it for me for the longest time. Just to drink, it was Newcastle, and then when I saw Mount Carmel, it was nearby, just in the name. So then I was asking, he's like, oh, a couple of guys just down the road there, six, seven minutes away from where we're standing. So I was like, well, let me get one of those, and I tried their Amber Ale, which is the closest to what like mm -hmm. a Newcastle is, mm -hmm. and. I was like, this is pretty good. And then I slowly kind of started exploring. And I learned a lot from him. You know, again, going to parties at his house with our wives. And I'd bring my, my six-pack or my 12-pack in Newcastle over there and, <laughs> and mix it up in the cooler over there so I can add something else. And, you know, hey, I got some Newcastle in there. I said, okay, I want to try one of these or one of these. And, you know, he always had a cool beer to try. And, Excellent. And then I got into the same thing, you know, going, hey, let's try some of this. And, and at the end of the night, there's still 12 Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, or eight, yeah. maybe, you know. Do I have to take them home? <laughs> Very good. Um, tell us a little bit then about uh, part, part of my promo was what caused, in your 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 profile, Ron, was uh, real estate, advertising, mm -hmm. marketing. Yeah. Um, you know what what was your what was your last job before you? And are you still doing it? Because some guys that I've talked to are still doing what their you know their day job, so to speak. No, I've been kind of weaning off that for a while. I mean, I've been in real estate since probably two thousand, and uh, I've been doing it for a while, and, and it's been fine. And my kids are getting older now, and over the last couple of years, once we started talking about doing this, I've been weaning off and doing doing less real estate. And um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, right now, no, I'm not currently doing it. So. We're ready to, to go full bore in, so, um, yeah. I mean, the last person I worked for was, uh, I guess, Potter Hill Homes. I'm yeah. sorry, what were you going to... No, I was just going to say, you don't have to necessarily mention, but, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, I just was sort of trying to, you know... Well, just generally speaking, when I do, like, this neighborhood, we, we you know, Park Place, I think, was Ryland Homes a long time right, ago. Right, that's correct. Um, that's what I used to do for the longest time. I, work, I represented new home construction companies. I see. Uh -huh. so, uh, I worked for Fisher Homes of some of the big names that you would recognize. Sure. Um, and uh, and that's so I was the guy that would sit in like a model home and help I people see. pick I out see. their dreams okay. and that kind yeah. of thing. So yeah. uh, before that, I was a computer nerd for Dell. So my my you know promo was kind of like what causes a mild mannered real estate man and a former yeah. bartender to join the dark side, as it was and as it were, and and to you know I know you talked about the beer and brewing together right. and what made you guys finally decide. You know, this is something that we're going to do. This is something we're going to go for. Um, well, for me, it's, it's a two-part question. Um, it, my story will be a little bit different than his. You know, I'm in a stage in my life. My kids, you know, I've been real active with the kids. You know, I have three kids. are getting older. Actually, the one's graduating this, this Friday. So, this um, is very similar to the Dogberry story. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you pound your normal job that you have to do to pay the bills and get kids doing what they need to do. And then as, as they're kind of getting into their next stages of their life, now I'm kind of getting into more of the hobby thing. And for me, the homebrewing was a hobby. And um, it, we really didn't think much of it. But then as we started doing it together, more and more people started liking our beer that we were making and things we were trying to do. And, um, oh, man, how come you guys aren't opening a bar with this stuff? Why aren't you guys doing this or that? Or can I order some of this? And after a while of just hearing friends and people say that kind of thing, then we started kind of scratching our head. 
why aren't we doing yeah, it? It's a good question. <laughs> and then, like, and then again, you know, we get together every week to brew beer just for fun as a hobby. And after a while, you know, it's like, well, is this something we could do? And then those conversations turn into how could we do it if we did? And then we just kind of keep on going. And then our our friends and family have been so supportive and in helping us along the way. Just hey, look, look here, do this or try this or have you thought about that? And you know and. I don't know. We just decided mm-hmm. to go for it. We're, right. we're at a stage now where it's just time to run the dream down and, right, right. and create something from the ground up and get excited about it and see what happens. So can we can we ask how reliant you are on the crowdfunding? Um, like, is that... Um, honestly, the crowdfunding, obviously, it's a popular thing right now. So it's right. something that's out there and we thought, hey, you know, why not give it a shot? I mean, for us, do we are we going to go into business without, if we don't hit our goal, yeah, that's still a plan. That's um, what people, I think, want to hear, is that mm-hmm. people get, get a little worried when they see people open these these, these crowdfund, crowdfunding, you know. There's, you know, in Cincinnati, just speaking of Cincinnati, a lot of them have failed, right. and it's yeah. why why is that happening versus the ones that succeed, and I guess... You know, I, you know I'm, tr- I'm trying to figure out what that is about those for ones us that personally failed. we made the commitment to ourselves that we were going to do this before we even had the idea to do crowdfunding right so true. you know we were like all right let's start saving you know because we we decided probably two and a half years ago that this was something we kind of wanted to do so right. at that time we're like well let's see what happens we'll just kind of start saving so we start putting a little bit away you know month after month and then as we get closer then we start looking for locations even still before we thought of the crowdfunding idea right. and then again not to throw it back on to our friends and family but it was a friend's idea you guys should do this uh-huh. and we're like oh really and I mean I wasn't even that familiar with it at the time and we talked about it and we're like I don't know so we kind of looked into it and for us it seemed like an option not to open our doors but instead of maybe having three or four fermenters maybe we can have five well it, it, it also have... even even aside from all that it, it it builds a community about around the brand and around the beer and around yeah. you guys before you even open your doors people are invested in it they want you to succeed they want to yeah. they want to see what's going on so i you know yeah I, I i support it but you know it's the concern is out there you know? no so, I mean, absolutely <laughs> and if we were going to hang the whole business or the whole brewery on the crowdfunding then maybe we should have rethought which, it a little bit which has <laughs> happened and I hate to say it, but we would need a little more than 25,000 <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but people have asked yeah. that people yeah. are there's you know there's been some stuff yeah. that's popping up in social media no, and everything and that is, that's yeah. a fair question I'd say the biggest is. thing it's going to do for us is it's really just going to we're going to open either way it's just a matter of you know how when we what open how mean? we're going right. to open because we you know our goal what we want is a, a, an actual bar environment where you come and drink your beer there and there's some games to play Um, so you know how big's the bar going to be what it's going to be made out of that's the things where these the money will dictate that kind of stuff Uh, as well as a little bit onto the equipment but we kind of already got the equipment money set aside and lined up and so yeah, to answer the question, so, we'll I, we'll be open either way. You'll just, be open. Yeah. We may be sitting on milk crates. We yeah, it's going to be milk crates or chandeliers. Right. Whether it's a, whether it's a polished yeah. brass bar or a, a plank, plank on a couple of uh, yeah. empty just, beer cases, I yeah, guess some, some cinder blocks involved. Yeah. Okay, we'll hold that thought, and uh, we are going to continue with uh, Ron Sanders and Eric. Bosler. Bosler. See, I told you guys, I'm terrible with names. Isn't that the worst? And I was going to write about it. You've got a pad of paper and a computer (laughs) in front of you. It says nothing. The best you're going to get out of here is Mike. Hey, look, hold that thought. We'll be right back. This is Cincy Brewcast, and we'll be right back with uh, Eric and Ron right after this word from Brewhouse Dogbones. 
Hi everybody, Mike Cisneros here, and as a craft beer lover, you want the same thing I do. The finest in handmade lagers, ales, and stouts. But do you take the time to think about whether the same care and attention has been given to the treats you feed your dog? Well, I'm here to tell you about Brewhouse Dog Bones, made from the same wholesome malted barley that you'll find in the delicious beers from many of Cincy's finest craft breweries. Brewhouse Dog Bones are handmade in small batches using just three additional natural ingredients, peanut butter, organic eggs, and brown rice flour. So you know your best friend is enjoying almost the same great craft experience that you do. And Brewhouse Dog Bones are not only good for your dog, they're good for our community because they offer real-world training and a work co-op experience for developmentally disabled young adults ages 14 to 22 through the New Richmond, Sycamore, Marymount, and Oak Hills school districts. Brewhouse Dog Bones are available in the distinctive brown paper sacks with a red dog bone and some of Cincy's finest craft tap rooms, including Mount Carmel Brewing Company, Listerman Triple Digit Brewing in Cincinnati, and Old Firehouse Brewing in Williamsburg and great pet stores like Newtown Feed and Supply and Earthwise Pet Supply in Montgomery. For more information about Brewhouse Dog Bones, to carry Brewhouse in your taproom or pet store, or to find out how your school district can participate in the Brewhouse Dog Bones program, just contact Lisa Graham by visiting www.brewhousedogbones.com. Give your dog the craft experience with Brewhouse Dog Bones. Mike Cisneros joining you once again uh, here on Cincy Brewcast uh, with our guests uh, Ron Sanders and Eric Bosler from Darkness Brewing, which is going to be getting underway when, gentlemen? Uh, we're shooting for fall this year, September, October. Fall? Mm-hmm. Uh, in Bellevue, tell us a little bit about the location. You've uh, already got the location. You're already in the space. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, talk a little bit about the location, exactly where it is, because I know Bellevue very well. I'm a I'm a habitué of Bellevue, working at uh, downtown. I run over to Bellevue for dinner and lunch and things like that, and of course, been to the party source ten thousand times. <laughs> and not in a long time, but yeah. I've been there ten thousand times. And, and so, tell us where in Bellevue. Well, it's right on Fairfield Avenue, uh, which is the main drag through town. Some people from out of the way, they'd notice Route 8 because it's mm. it was 8 that moves through there. But it's Fairfield Avenue. The address is 224. Uh, it's between Taylor and Lafayette, to be specific, <coughs> uh, near the Fifth Third Bank on the same side of the street. Um, it is it is a essentially a giant warehouse-type space. Um, it was originally built, um, we're not exactly sure dates, we're going to say 20s-ish, um, wow. as a car lot. And they used to park awesome. the they used to park the cars on the roof before the showrooms became a big hit, and so the the beauty of that is long term expansion. We put a beer garden up there. Uh, that's long term, by the way. <laughs> um, but so not since, coming in the fall. Yeah, yeah. So there's a big garage door. They used to drive the cars in there to do the work on them because you know they used to still just sell Fords or just Chevys. It wasn't like it is today. Right. Uh, and then there's a little room up front which we're going to utilize more than more. We're thinking more like a loungy space. But that would have been the office where they would have wheeled and dealed everybody, done the paperwork. Um, so as far as a space goes, it's essentially just a big, raw, empty uh, warehouse-type space, uh, give or take 4,000 square feet. Um, it, there was a printing company in there, the most, I guess, the biggest, longest-term business since the car space was a printing company. Uh, and of course, with the big printing press in there, they didn't really need a lot of you know, walls and office space and all that. So um, for us, it's perfect for a brewery. You can move right in. There is a sectioned-off area that works out great for the fermentation. You can keep things locked up and away from people. 
the setup will should be able to utilize half the front half of the space for the public. Uh, so it'll be able to utilize the garage door for entrance in and out of the space. There's a small little parking lot out front that we're going to convert into a patio for outdoor seating, which does see, sit like right on the avenue, which will be great for people walking up and down the street and just people watching and watching the cars. Um, and, and then actual parking for actual people? The actual like parking parking will be, we are fortunate in that block where, especially when we're going to be open a little bit later, um, you know, three, four o'clock on. Uh, all those businesses are all closed at that point. There's an insurance company, there's a funeral home. Uh, so the, all the street sort of empties up at that point of time in the day. Uh, and then we've, we've spoken with some of the local businesses um, uh, about possible overflow parking, like there's a bank near us. And, mm -hmm. and so far, they're basically, as long as it doesn't affect their, their use of the parking lots, they're, they're pretty cool about letting people right. park there. So and. You know, I was reading in the Jesse Folk article on uh, nine nine on your side that yeah. that that you have a lot of support from the business community mm -hmm. in Bellevue. Yes. You, you want to talk about that a little bit, or? Well, yeah, I've worked at Virgil's Cafe. It's a it's a restaurant's been down there for about six years now. I've been working for him as his bar manager for uh, uh, four and a half years, we'll say. Um, so. Virgil's, uh, we, he's got our full support. We even have an, uh, an option through our crowdfunding site with the beer dinner pairing uh, event. Uh, and then the Elusive Cow is another one of the bar restaurants on the avenue as well. That uh, he, Now, we don't necessarily have any public sponsoring with him or any kind of agreements. But, I mean, Jim has been a big supporter of us from the beginning. And uh, 501 Salon, both of our wives work there. And the beauty of Bellevue, and one of the reasons we like it is it's there, it's with maybe a handful of, of exceptions, it's all small business. There's, you know, one person owns it. it and you go, it's like you were mentioning in the brewers and that at the nano breweries, you know, when you walk in there, the person's working there is more than likely the person that owns the business. Well, it's, it's like a and small town. Exactly. And then you look up and there's, and there's, you know, this, this I was just going to say, it's, yeah, it's, you got the skyline right there. And, but yet you feel like you're a mate. We, I think that the city manager, Jody Robinson says it all the time. You feel like Mayberry, yeah. but then, but you're right there five minutes from downtown. And we've even had three or four of the city administrators walk down and just walk through, and they're excited, yeah. too. And, well, you know, we were talking about having problems with this or that, or just random things. And they get in the car and drive right over and come mm -hmm. and help us out with the problem. Yeah, the city wants us there. All yeah, the actual very supportive. The government, if you will, even right. though it's small, they all want us to be a part of the community as well. Yeah. So, I don't want to say it surprises me, but it's interesting uh, the fact that they've got the big gargantuan gigantic player there party source and mm -hmm. they they've they've invested an incredible amount of money both in the eight ball brewery and the new rift distillery mm -hmm. and all of the traffic that goes through there and it's just kind of surprise it just seems to me like some municipalities would say hey you know what you know we got a couple of bars and mm -hmm. you know places mm -hmm. like that and then we've got this big monster over here and we don't need that. We don't want that. We think it's a. I mean, is it just? What do you think it is? Just, just the size the, and what well, you guys plan on doing, or partially the. I think the biggest one is money. 
because eight ball is Newport, not Bellevue. Oh well, yeah, that's true. And You're so, right. It's right there. Um, isn't it? And yeah, so it, the, actually, when you walk through that new right, opening, right. you cross city lines. Right. Uh, okay. Interesting. So uh, I did not know that. Yeah, that's. Um, um, I mean, most people wouldn't. I, I only know and, that just because I've worked are, in. And they are very separate businesses yeah. from Party Source. And so, uh, so with that, there's. I think there's that tax base that Bellevue wants mm-hmm. in. And the other thing that, that's nice about Bellevue is we. I say we. I live there as well. So. As a long time ago, six, seven, eight, ten years ago, uh, as a the the city management sort of got an idea together, and they've, unlike other small municipalities, they've stuck with it, and that's where I think that's why we're seeing what we've seen there, where you don't see it in some of the other places along the river through northern Kentucky, uh, and that's I think that's why the city wants us there as well because they know what we we want to be there for the city. We're not trying to set up shop and sell everything out of the state and just you know get the best rent in town or something like that. It was, it's not about that. It's about the community and wanting to be there. And that's why we love Bellevue so much is because they want us there versus, well, as long as you pay us, that's all that matters, Uh you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about what we care the most about on this program and where the rubber meets the road with this business. And that's the beer. All dark beer, which is again, we discussed it earlier. You brought this fantastic. I mean, look, if if I can be, thank you. It's fantastic. If I can advocate, at least having the uh, the uh, rye the rye uh, Weiss beer, which I have to say again, is almost white in color, not dark at all. (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll post it. Yeah, we'll post it on our Instagram and Facebook so you guys can see exactly what that looks like. Uh, Well, Well, just to address that real quick, since we've announced the name Darkness Brewing, because obviously that just implies that we're making dark beer. Obviously, a lot of the stuff that we're putting up on the web is about dark beer. a lot of people are coming to us saying, well, what if I don't really like dark beer? And what if I want to bring a wife or a girlfriend or somebody that's not into dark beer? Right. So we're like, no, 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 we'll have lighter beers too. You know, when we had our party, it was split down the middle. We had half lighter beers for people that were into lighter beers and half dark, darker mm-hmm. for people who wanted darker beers. So our goal is to offer a little bit of, not necessarily everything, but at least across the spectrum, our favorites along the way, just to, to give people a balance. Because not right. everyone's going to walk in and want a big stout mm-hmm. or something real heavy. Someone... You know, might think it's hot outside and want to grab something like it's a fantastic. Nice yeah. So, well, and from a branding standpoint, I mean, our our goal is to be a brew pub. We want people to come to us to get beer, but we know that, and we hope that we'll grow as all businesses do. Right. So then, once distribution starts to happen, bottles, cans, etc., uh, the the goal that we've we've talked about now would be on in that that aspect that line we would focus almost if not exclusively on dark beer, but at the brew pub. You know, realistically, like he was mentioning, you got to have a little bit of everything for right. everyone, okay. and right. uh, just because if I mean, we can stick to our guns and only do this, but we'll be busy in the winter and dead in the summer. And uh, <laughs> right. it's just it's you got to have. Like I said, I've been in this business a long time, with selling beer at least, right? And um, we're not, we're definitely not anarchists about it's got to be dark. You know. Well, what so, do you, what do you think then about uh, especially? With, Guests and friends, I think of the show Urban Artifact of just carving out that sort of. They want to do sours, they want to sort of do that sort of thing, and not stray too far from that. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think about that kind of trying to carve out a niche for your, you know, for mm-hmm. oneself like that? Well, I think for every everyone has their little end goal or their end, just kind of thing that they see that they want to be like. And for us, we're not. I mean. 
we're excited about the beer, but it's not just about the beer for us. You know what I mean? He's he's been working in a bar environment for a long time, and again, if you go to our website and check out our stuff, we're not just oh come here and have this beer, and we don't want to be the place where you stop in and you get a flight and you put your pinky out and you smell them all and you taste them all and then you try your beers and then maybe that's it for the night. We want to have a nice selection of beers where you can have anything that you're looking for and then hang out and do other stuff, you know. Um, you know, it's more like we had mm-hmm. on a, the website, a destination. Including some mm-hmm. guest taps mm-hmm. as well. We plan starting off with some guest taps to yeah. fill those gaps. So it's not just going to be about our beer and it's just going to be about dark beer. So it'll be about the whole, everything, you know, when you show up. So you can, we'll have our dark beers that are our favorites. And we might hey, this is Eric's tap and this is Ron's tap. And it might be a super heavy and a, mm-hmm. a huge beer, you know. And we but. talked about getting uh, the community involved and, you know, in a perfect world, have a tap that's just dedicated to what they want, what the people in the neighborhood that come in all the time want us to make. And they can just, we can take votes or how, there's a million ways we can come up with that's those fine. ideas. Like but that. just because, like, our, like he's saying, the concept is more about, not we want everybody in the whole world to show up to our place and drink our beer, but the goal is to get the community, the local community, we're and, and small really engage and, them, yeah. engage them in the beer process. And, you know, um, we'll encourage people to come in and make batches of beer with us, and then we'll put it on one of our taps here at the bar, and then like, hey, hey, this is Joe's beer, and then the community that are coming in and enjoying the beer and the people around there. I don't know, just for something. It, I see it, you it, looking at me. Well, I mean, <laughs> no, it's just it, it, and. Noam talked earlier about part of the beauty of the craft movement, and I think another part of the beauty of the craft movement is exactly what you're talking about. We've heard it time and time again from every every guest that we've had, uh, all down from the very first show to tonight, which is the tenth show, by the way, which is something of a milestone. Which you know, (laughs) but it's 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 about community. It's about changing minds. And it just, to me, I don't want to run them down because they get run down all the time. But, you know, AB InBev, Miller Coors, mm-hmm. you know, those guys, they, they're trying to buy what you guys and Dogberry and Mount Carmel and mm-hmm. even Mad Tree and Ryan Geis, even the mm-hmm. quote-unquote big guys. Yeah. They're trying to buy something that's organic that you can't really buy. You just have to create that for yourself. You have to create that 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 buzz, that community involvement, that 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 interest in your product. And it's got to you know the beer. It's got to be right. You got to bring it out. You got to put it in front of people. They got to want to drink it. And 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 to me, that's that's the big one of the biggest parts of, of the whole craft beer movement not just in Cincinnati but around the country yeah. so mm-hmm. yeah that's a good point um, can we can we talk about the name mm-hmm. sure and I don't know you talk about these cease and desist letters that people like Anheuser-Busch and places like that send out but there are you know there's this this new world of craft breweries right um you know, doing the same thing with other craft breweries. Is there a concern of that with Surly and their um, darkness? I, I don't know. I mean, not real. I mean, legally we're fine. So, I mean, the letter of the law says we're yeah, fine. From the way that we... But, yeah. Right. And but I, but and that, we don't... We're not sitting back saying, oh, as you know... A, as, a, as a brewery that's starting out, you may be fine legally, but can you fight it? Even if you would win... Um. 
That's a good point. I mean, I, I, and this is this is well. When we were looking up names, this is one of the tough. No, I'm coming through the tough questions. This is one of the tough questions I was talking about earlier. It's, it's a good this question, is, and I'm, this is this the is a social media question. Right. I do yeah. not ask tough questions. No, it's okay. <laughs> it hurts me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the whole story is just you know, as you mentioned, with all the onset of all the breweries and beers and everything coming. You know, when it comes time, let's come up with a name. Then the first thing you do is what does everyone do? They punch it into Google and they see what pops up. And then you do a little bit of research. You try to figure out what's this and that. And, you know, their beer popped up along with four other beers that have darkness in the name. Right. So they're not the only ones. Um, so we started looking into it. You can't get their beer around here. You, you know, they don't, you can't get it around here. So mm-hmm. we're like, okay, that's the first stage. And we're like, okay. We look into it a little bit more. You know, it's just a beer name. You know, it's not, they don't have. Have a whole brand. I mean, there's a lot of bad. Tom started as Double Barrel, right? Well, okay. I mean, if we want to talk about the technicalities, uh, that's a phrase. You know, you can't copyright a single word. So legally, we're fine. There's nothing. I mean, I, I huh. the first time online someone brought that to me, I typed up a letter and sent it to Surly and said, "Hey, we're opening up a brewery. This is our name. We came up with this name because we're making dark beer. We see that you have a beer called Darkness. We just want to let you know that we have no intention of ever." making anything to look like or confuse our beer because we don't want to confuse mm-hmm. our people any more than we want to confuse your people. Right. And, you know, they never responded to me. They never said anything. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> We're keeping our your cards bases on the are table. Covered, yeah. Our, our well, goal isn't to try to... And, but besides the technicality and the legality of it, we don't want people to say, oh, I love this. Isn't this an imperial stout? I've had one of this when I was back east somewhere. We don't want people to do that, you know, from R&D there. Right. And right. it's come up... Probably a couple times online, people are like, oh, well, what about that one beer? And the super beer nerds are going to recognize it, and that's fine. I mean, I don't know what else to say other than we're not doing anything wrong. We've reached out to them, and they didn't say anything to us legally. Like, we can't be sued. You can't copyright a single name. So, or I'm sorry, a single word unless you come up with a word, like right. Nike or Coke or something that's an original word. Darkness isn't an original word. There's five beers out there that bear the name. Um, I mean, if you, what's your opinion on the matter while we're talking about it? Um, what's your knee-jerk? My, my knee-jerk reaction is you are absolutely correct, and they probably didn't respond to you because you're a brewery getting ready to start, which how many breweries in the United States are getting ready mm-hmm. to start Fair that enough. will never happen. Mm-hmm. If you guys open up and if you start doing anything, you're probably going to get a letter, and that's, that's my knee-jerk reaction. I could be completely wrong. And what's and the letter going to say? Stop using our name of our beer. They can't say that. So then what's... I mean, they can They can ask, they but can legally... S- they, right. They, would you win in court? Probably. Would Would Bad Tom have won in court? Probably. Oh, okay. Well, but, but again, double barrels a phrase, and phrases can be copyrighted. So legally, he, he would have had a little bit of a fight. So I'm just... But just even, even as, you know, from double barrel to Bad Tom to Bad Tom Smith... That bad Tom to bad Tom Smith change was not a cease and desist letter, but it was it was along those same lines. I mean, here's the thing. It's a concern. It's something people are asking about. I, you know, you are 100% right in everything you're saying. Well, and here's the thing. This seems to be sort of a, a hot topic in the brewing industry um, about various cease and desist letters we use this as our name for our beer so you can't use this right eventually it's gonna 
get to a point where it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That it's already for pe- ridiculous. For, you know, for people to ask, stop that using that, they're going to get confused. This conversation has to even happen is a little ridiculous. Uh, right, but. exactly. So, I mean, I don't think... It's been a big issue in the past. My personal thoughts on it is do it until somebody tells you you can't, and if somebody tells you you can't, you but, know, fight but my for personal, it. But my personal thought on it is it's one hell of a damn note that five years down the road... Maybe you're gonna get a bigger place, or mo- expand your distribution, move into bottle canning, etc., or so forth and so on. Or vice versa. And you're getting ready to do this thing, and you're you're expending your capital, and probably on a shoestring. You know, I'm not, and I'm not even saying that's mm-hmm. a goal for you guys, whatever. But all, but maybe it happens, and all of a sudden, here come these guys going, "Hey, wait a minute." You know that's what bothers me, and bigger guys do it to smaller guys all the time, and that's what I think is bullshit. I, you know, I, you know, w- whether you can win in court or whether they can win in court or whether they, you, you know, they, they got more lawyers. And I think it's just bullshit that someone can come and do that to you. And I think what I'm, what I would say, and I think what Noam's trying to say, is that be careful. You know, mm-hmm. you know, some, you know, somebody's always coming, coming in, trying to shit on somebody else's parade. Right. You know, and and that's what that's what concerns me. Right. And having sat here tonight with you guys, I and mean, we never met you before tonight, and just having sat with you over here for the better part of the hour, you seem like fantastic guys, guys that know what you want, guys that work have work hard and have worked hard for what you get, and it just would suck if. Somebody can oh you can't use darkness because that's what we call one of our beers mm-hmm. and we're big right. fucking babies and we, you know yeah. I mean I just I, and I apologize for the language I know, <laughs> I'm sure you guys are Christian God fearing men just like me but <laughs> but this is the internet and we can say whatever that's we want true. so uh, uh, but that's the way I look at it well and for me the whole with the whole name thing just as from my side of it the way I see it is I I understand how it all works. But for us, and just so, I mean, for those that actually care and are listening, we, we did come up with that on our mm-hmm. own. And you, that and you wasn't, yeah, absolutely. Honestly, like, even with as much of a sure. nerd as I am about beer, I had never heard of Darkness Beer from Surly, which, by the way, they release one day a year, period. <laughs> one day a <laughs> I year. I, I it's heard just it, like I the Dark that Lord that, that, uh, yeah, that Floyd does. Right. Um, right. And so it, there, was, there was all types of other influences where the name came from. And we wanted to do things like Dark Side, and then we could play Star Wars. But there's a place out in San Diego doing that, and so I mean, we did our, we did our, we thought we did a lot of our homework on it. And then now that we get more and more and more in exposure, it's you know other people throwing the internet. It's what happens. Right. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to say that for what it's worth, internet sucks. Yeah. Well, it's got its place, man. It's definitely got its place. Honestly, I think you guys are fine. Well, I think, I think you know, when we, and we did do the diligence, you know, mm-hmm. we looked into it and we found it just from some generic searches and we were like, okay, we're fine. And then it popped up on the internet and someone said, hey, well, what about this beer over here? So we look into it, you know, we learn the rules, we make sure we're not breaking any rules, we try to reach out to them. Mm-hmm. You know, from our perspective, I feel like we're doing everything right. And mm-hmm. I mean, if we tell them we're doing it and they're not saying anything, I mean, but again, taking that part out of it, what can they say? Mm-hmm. That's... You're, you, they, they're using it in different contexts. They're not mm-hmm. using it the same way. Right. They're using sure. different fonts, so it's not in the trademark. So, the, the bottom line, it's a single word that they would even that would even be up for discussion. 
Right. And so we're not going to use it ever as a single word anyway. It's always darkness right. brewing or mm-hmm. a darkness brewing. You know what I mean? We're right. not going to have a beer named Darkness because right. we wouldn't want to confuse. We wouldn't want our customers to get confused and buy their beer. Nothing against their beer. Yeah. But I mean, you know what? We want people to our fans to buy our beer. Right. So and what are you guys pl- planning beer wise? Like styles? And stuff? Yeah. Which what, what, what is what can we do the well, first two, I th- three, four? I, th- I think we can definitely look forward to the milk stout. Uh, oh, we're doing yes. a, a milk stout. It's I'm not adding any. Uh, I love that man. Uh, cocoa or, or extracts to it, but it's I pretty much it's almost all uh, chocolate malt. So it does come off like chocolatey, lots of lactose. Do you uh, do you do you feel like some brewers in Cincinnati and all and worldwide? I, I assume think that brewing to style is some sort of a failure. Uh, why would we want to brew to style? That's not I could see that, neat, yeah. you know. That's not fun. I mean, I consider it as a as a beer lover almost like a final exam. If you're mm-hmm. gonna if you're gonna brew a milk stout or an oatmeal stout or a West Coast style IPA or an English mild, mm-hmm. or there are standards mm-hmm. that I have. You know. And just to make it clear right. that Cincy Brewcast in general does not think that, I think the complete. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fine. I lie a little bit on the middle. That's and that's fine. what we love about that, yeah. too, is it's all according to taste. Uh-huh. But I, you know, if, you know if, it's, if you're calling it oatmeal stout, it, better, it damn well better taste pretty close to Young's. Yeah, you can have your own thing. If it's gonna be, if it's gonna mm-hmm. be a milk st- milk stout, it better. You better know be, there's it, lactose it, in it. Yeah, you better know there's mm-hmm. lactose mm-hmm. in it. It better taste a little bit like left hand, at bit. least a little bit. Yeah, yeah I, I in other words, you have to at least recognize what it is. Mm-hmm. Don't bring me a. Uh, don't don't bring me something that you're gonna call a imperial stout and make it taste like it's got and make it with seventy five or eighty mm-hmm. IBU. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's yeah. that's what I'm talking about, yeah. and or, some places um, like to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you I know? think it's a it's a convenience for a convenience for the consumer or the per, the beer drinker because if you walk mm-hmm. into a bar and you don't have titles of styles of beer, then you won't know where to start if they're just putting their names on the beer and you don't have a, a you know a milk stout. Oh, that's just a dark ale. And if you have all dark ales because they're all black beers, you're not going to know how to categorize what you're in the mood to drink. You know, I think I fall more in your camp, Mike. Like for me, beer is more like, like a recipe cooking. You know, everyone can have a lasagna, and you know basically what a lasagna is, but everyone can do it all the different ways. Mm-hmm. But just start going in saying, okay, I'm in the mood for lasagna for dinner. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I mean, if I walk in and say, oh, I really love imperial stout. I'm going to have one of those, and it doesn't at, at least, least remind close. me of an imperial stout. I agree. Yeah. I'm, 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 I don't like that. Well, and like for me, uh, I personally, as I mean. I mean, I look at brewing where art and science come together. And from the art side, and that, I love the experimentation. I love trying. I've, I've yet to come up with an idea that you can't find on the internet. But then again, right, you keep looking. If, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you look for some yeah. weird stuff that somebody's made it. So it milks but, out. But I would say the, the importance to that for me is what I want, what we want, is we want a milk stout that's a solid milk stout. Mm-hmm. And then off of that, because we're so small, we can have the milk stout, and then we can put some cherries and vanilla in this one, and we can put like a whole bunch of cocoa nibs in this mm-hmm. one, and we can put some of this and that and that and that. But you got to have a good base to start with, or else it, it does get so confusing. And then 
uh, for me, and that's I guess that's a, maybe a control issue from a brewing side and recipes and making sure things taste this way, and that's maybe how my brain works. Mm. But uh, I'm I kind of am I guess on both sides of that argument because I I really appreciate both. And, oh, I do too. But and I, I, don't I agree from the standpoint: yeah. if you go into a, a bar and you get a West Coast IPA, it should taste like a West Coast IPA. At the, I mean, at the end of the day, if it's you know, it it shouldn't be. And if you want to brew a West yeah. Coast IPA with elderberries and exactly and exactly, hemp, yeah. okay, that's fine with me. But tell me but that tell that's me, what yeah. it is, right? Right? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, uh, so a, uh, a, a milk stout, a mm. um, uh, the Kentucky Common is uh, one that we're going to be working towards. That so far has been the the biggest hit. Surprisingly to me, I think it's a great beer, but it's uh, very light bodied. Essentially, it's um, um, if you thought about going out to the still in Kentucky and pulling off not the still, I'm sorry, the mash, and then just turning that into beer. Uh, so, but with the exception of the sour, that, that's a long-term goal. But we got to get the base out first. Mm. Uh, but it's basically mainly corn, little tiny bit of rye, barley, mm. just a touch of chocolate malt for color. So it comes off amber, um, but it's give or take five percent. It's real light-bodied from all the <coughs> corn in there. It goes down real smooth. Uh, and it's an old style in Kentucky that was, you know, pre-prohibition. Every the city of Louisville, ninety percent of all the beer in Louisville were Kentucky Commons. Uh, and then it's a nice spring beer. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you kind of go into a lot of research on it. There's not a whole lot of recipes, not a whole lot of people doing them. And uh, so for us, it was it was more of a like, oh, this is something different. And so we were going to try that as something because it does drink like a light beer. Um, to, I mean, as name dropping wise, it's very reminiscent in like body as like how a hootapul amber comes off, to where it's not it, it, you can drink it all day long, but it's not just some you know swill beer, right? And um, and so and it's a little bit different, a little bit new, trying to bring some things back and let us stand out a little bit different. Uh, that's I know yeah, people yeah. have been chomping at the bit to try Urban Artifacts version of it, that maze. Which uh, they've had some some issues with it. They haven't okay. been able to roll it out yet. But yeah. well, um, we rolled ours out at our party that I was telling you about last Saturday, mm-hmm. and we blew that keg in two hours flat. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's usually a good sign. Yeah, two yeah. hours flat. Cool. Uh, what about the maple brownie? I read that on the the uh, maple the, brownie. Yeah, uh, that'll probably page. definitely be a fall winter. It's it's yeah. quite an experience. Sounds delicious. It's, Sounds uh, great. It's a nine percent beer, I think. It comes off close. It just uh, we've made it a few different ways. Um, the the problem with uh, using maple syrup, which is what, the same reason why this tastes the way it does with strawberries is once the yeast eat all the sugar, all you're left with is the actual flavor in the product. And right. it's amazing how much sugar adds to flavor. Mm-hmm. So the, when you ferment out all the maple syrup, it brings the alcohol way up, but the maple's real low. It, and yeah. then I was soaking some oak chips in um, Knob Creek maple. Uh, the, they have a mm-hmm. smoked maple bourbon, awesome. which essentially is an, an extract of maple flavoring, but that gets into the wood, put that in there. Uh, a little vanilla extract, um, and essentially, it's it comes. It's just a nice. It doesn't. It's kind of weird. It, it doesn't taste exactly like a brown ale, but uh, it's really, really tasty. It's one of those beers <laughs> yeah. that it's Sounds a big really beer, and you can yeah. tell when you drink it. But at the same time, you can't stop drinking it. Yeah, that's one of those ones I had a keg in my Dangerous. house, and people kept taking growlers yeah. of it. <laughs> that was one of those beers. You guys got to start selling this. Yeah. You know? yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's, it, and that was one where I'm like, ah, oh, this is, you know. Back to the style point is that this isn't a brown ale. When you drink the vanilla and the maple, just throw your palate way off, 
and uh, the, the alcohol and the sugars and it just it almost drinks more like a scotch ale and that's and but, that's where uh, the yeah. that's that's where I yeah. step in on the styles no, argument yeah. it's a it's a brown ale but it's too. not a brown ale. ale but this would be sold as a vanilla maple Beer-wise. brown I mean we're not hiding anything <laughs> right either. right yeah, and, yeah. and I, I would never argue for somebody to hide what they're what they're doing in a beer yeah. but you know you, th- you throw a name out there it's not mm-hmm. a style. It doesn't yeah. exist. You yeah. know, West Coast versus East Coast IPAs, they don't exist yeah. as, as far as styles go. But exactly. Well, you, and just to, to guide somebody towards what they're tasting and I think, is bigger than a style. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Something like this sounds to me like, you know, you just kind of need something to call it to, like, give people an idea right. of And what it comes back to just be. when you walk in and you're trying to think of mm-hmm. something to order. Yeah, If you absolutely. think brown ale, it's in the ballpark of a brown ale. Mm-hmm. You hear brown ale, you're like, okay, it's going to be maybe a little malty, maybe a little sweet. And you, you wouldn't be off grabbing that beer. Right. But, yeah. You guys have a, a smoked port or two that you listed on there. So yeah. the, the wedding day? Is that what it's That's called? actually what they have. <laughs> wedding day, yeah. smoked port. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And oh, it's, yeah. um, it's, we we it's, called that one the uh, Stonebreaker mm-hmm. because his uh, his last partner before I got to start working with him was, uh, that was his last name. And yeah. he ended up having to move on. And that's when I got to slide in. So we'd, we named that beer the Stonebreaker as an homage. His last name was actually Stonebreaker. Yeah. That's a really cool and that was name. The last right. beer. Yeah. That was the last beer I think they made together. So it was kind of Yeah, well, and it was the first one we came up with our own recipe on oh, like, way it, back. Yeah. And so there was a little bit of nostalgia to it. Um, unfortunately, I guess, I mean, I don't know if it's good or bad. It's a really similar to the fume that Blank Slate does. It's right. I, I kind of, when, we, when I had that one, nice. I was like... I think that's a really nice. good sign that it tastes like this, but then <laughs> I don't want to come off like we're trying to copy, you know, right. that kind of thing. So that's a lot. Some of those will be, we'll do them, but we'll do a lot of rotation. Again, it's part of the beauty of being small. So, Eric, in our travels, mm-hmm. we've met a chemical engineer, uh, Brett Coleman Baker at, at uh, Urban Artifact, who's okay. gone into brewing. Uh, Evan Rouse, who's been brewing since he was 16 years old, <laughs> and 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 sort of self-trained, but always discussed be, being a tinkerer and a. So what? Uh, uh, formal training for you? None. Beer-wise? Yeah. No. Brewing-wise? No. 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 Any I mean, kind yeah, the, of. The most formal training I have is. I mean, I, I've been to give or take 68 breweries across the country and world, and I've toured a lot of them. So there would be, I guess, a. St- That'd be about as close to formal training. Wow. Um, just selling beer, buying beer. I did a lot, got a lot of classes at some restaurants I'd worked at about just beer education for the servers. Um, and just the personal interest. I've had this, you know, my wife and I will go on vacations to, like the most recent one, we went to Asheville just uh-huh. so we could go to the breweries in right, Asheville. Right. We went out to Portland. Being from Denver, I'm out there a lot. Um, one of our next trips is up to Grand Rapids, Kalamazoo. Hey, I just so, did that. Oh, cool, cool. It's awesome. I'm um, sure it's awesome. It. And uh, so a lot of, uh, honestly, it was, it was. there's a base knowledge from just, you go to enough, if you've been to a couple breweries, you know, they'll say, well, here's where we mash. And then you're like, well, what's sure. mash? And then sure. you learn that. And uh, sure. So yeah, a couple books of reading and lots and lots and lots and lots of practice. Um, him and I were fortunate enough to brew with Richard over, he's oh, the one nice. at, at Braxton now, but right. he was still at Moorline. Uh, my long story short, my wife cut his wife's hair then, and so we got hooked up with a brew with him for a day thing over That's at the logger house. That's so, sweet. So there was that was probably the closest thing to any kind of formal education, and um, and that. So yeah, it's yeah. I think for us, we've been learning a lot, like through the years. But 
the artistic side is really appealing, you mm -hmm. know, to try to just get in there and try different things and mess some stuff up and try to fix it and do some various different things. But I mean, we have all the plans to get the actual beer master certifications, but we're trying not to do it too early. That may sound weird, but we're mm -hmm. trying to time it to where we can get the passion stuff out and try the things that you wouldn't try after you go to school and they slap your hand. You can't do that. You know, that's a little bit what we're afraid of, you know, so maybe one of us will go, one of us will stay type of mm -hmm. thing, but right. so we can kind of maintain well, that, that from the kitchen attitude of trying anything mm -hmm. just because it, I mean, really at the end of the day, if you're not messing the beer <coughs> up, all that really matters is how, how it tastes in the glass, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you that's can all put, that, that's yeah. all that matters to it, me. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and that's all that matters to anybody that loves craft beer is how it tastes in the glass. Yeah, so and, yeah, and you can argue the semantics of well, last time I was here, it had this flavor, and this time it's slightly off. And oh, I think that they changed hops in this batch this time. You know, they can we can talk about that down the road. But uh, for us, we're just trying to make good beer. I'm not even point. that kind. I'm not yeah. even that kind of craft beer lover. And believe I mean, I can't yeah. necessarily sit there and tell you what kind of hop is in one thing mm -hmm. and what kind of malt is in the next thing. I don't know. You may be able to, and you may be able to to a, a certain bit. extent. But I, I just. I, I know what I like, and I know what tastes good, and mm -hmm. I know what tastes right. Well, and it's right. that mentality and, that we're embracing. You know, yeah. we want to be able to walk in and say, oh, this is the darkness experimental pool. You know, who knows what you're going to get out of this one. You know, we had our main beer over here, and then we had a, a side beer over here, and it could be some of this or that, or, you know, it could be a, a ghost pepper upside-down pineapple cake or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I better write that down. <laughs> I mean, we, we have a lot of what we'll call off-the-wall ideas, but like he said, at the end of the day, with the internet, nothing really is new anymore. Right, right. <laughs> You're like, oh, there's well, no yeah, way anyone I'm, would come up with that. And then you and I, I will say most of what I find is all in the homebrewer stuff. So there is some a lot of wild stuff that's not been produced, at least to the masses. But if you want, if you're looking up, uh, I mean, name three ingredients that exist, and I guarantee you, some home brewers got a recipe online for it. But that's and that's so, what that's what makes yeah. the whole nano setup fun yeah. is that you can you can take some of those exactly. recipes and kind of play with them, whereas you know some of these yeah. bigger we're guys, essentially you know, like ten, depending on what batch size, we're like ten, twenty times larger. We're essentially just doing a giant homebrew setup, right? Uh, and then we'll e we'll evolve or, or I should say reinvest to be specific down the road into larger equipment, and then. One of the things that I've talked about with brewers that are smaller is that you guys can do a lot of things mm -hmm. that the bigger guys can't afford, can't to, afford to do. Mm -hmm. You can afford Absolutely. wild hops. You can afford mm -hmm. crazy yeah. Yeah. malts. We're you can, small you enough. You can use yeah. expense, more expensive ingredients. Or just have some local guy that's got you know a ten hop vines in his backyard, and we can we could actually make a batch or two of beer out of that. While the even even like even where like Listerman's is at now in size, you know they're they're at a point where you'd have to have a little bit more than that maybe to get a batch or two out of it. And so it's there's even that level. It's it, it is ingredients, and we have the ability to buy more expensive things. Almost and, like well, but it's gourmet just, chefs. Exactly. You, you, yeah. you were talking about the yeah. the maple in the beer earlier, uh -huh. and you know Old Firehouse did their their maple nut brown for the fall, and you know mm -hmm. they were like we want to use you know you know we want to use real maple syrup. Yeah. We want to do it locally. We want to do this, and they. Mm -hmm. They struggled waiting for the farmer to get enough maple syrup that yeah. they could do a whole batch of it. You yeah. know, and it's like a nano brewery. You don't necessarily have that same problem yeah. that some mm -hmm. of these bigger guys do. Well, I, uh, my degrees in horticulture, and I did some internship out at the Boone County Arboretum, and we had a, a little section of forest where they would tap all the maple trees in the spring. 
uh, and that's even something in the back of my brain that I've been thinking about reaching out to them when we get down there to, because right. mm-hmm. that could be something fun to play with, even just fermenting out the straight sap right. and not even concentrating it. Yeah, like just right. having like all kinds of fun with weirdo stuff like that. Yeah, Mount Carmel's yeah. got a similar program with the uh, Cincinnati Nature Center. They, oh, they I take bet. the yeah. Uh, yeah. Then do that. Uh, it's a very nice maple doppelbock. Oh, really? I'm a little, you know, I, I don't think it ta- really tastes like a doppelbock, but like we talked about, mm-hmm. they, you have to have a jumping off point mm-hmm. exactly. for people. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a damn good beer, so I'm not going to sit here and run it down just because it's not exactly, may not right. exactly mm-hmm. be what qualifies as a doppelbock. But yeah, yeah they have a nice jumping program from your with, style band. Yeah, you know. I think we want to wrap it up, and I always like to wrap it up by asking. Uh, guys that I brewers that I get the chance to interview and talk with um, what what's your measure of success what do you guys look at and say man you know we've we've done it we've made it I mean some guys it's just opening up some guys it's a certain amount of distribution some guys it's just a certain amount of acceptance what well, that's a tough and one. And it's a hard yeah. question. That's, a, that, that's the hardest question of the yeah, night. Well, well, you know, I think yeah. that's one of those questions that will change over time, too. You know, I mean, obviously right now we're looking just to get the doors open. But I guess the part that I would say that I fantasize about from where I'm sitting now is when we're at a, a relaxed point where we can just enjoy our beer with our fans or with people that come in and sit at the bar. Mm-hmm. I'm looking so forward to being able to, to sit down next to someone at the bar and try <laughs> different, and not even just our beer. Like we're going to have mad tree. We'll have blank slate. We'll have them all, you know, right next to our taps in there. And just to enjoy like you guys, we'll have you down. And I don't want to necessarily sit across the bar and talk about hops necessarily just sit down and enjoy the beer and watch a smile and that kind of stuff. So that's the part that, again, coming back to my wedding reception and the line up for the beer, you know, that's the part that is exciting for me. And yeah. people just hanging out and having fun. Just seeing people enjoy what we make. That's how I see it. Yeah. That's, I mean, you know, you can dream about being a millionaire, but I really don't care. I just, I mean, when you talk money, I just want to be, as long as I don't have to worry about, and I know we have such a low overhead in my life. I live in a tiny house in a small little city and it's, uh, it's not. It's. It, I don't want to say it's not about money because it's foolish to be. It's not. It, it has to be, or else you'll never stay open. Right. But realistically, I think well, that's, Ron, that's I what think they say. You know, that's what they say yeah. on the sports talk radio. If they say it's not about money, it's about money. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but, you know. for us though, it's really more about like kind of. I think we're on the same page. It's just sitting back and watching people enjoy what we've made. Because uh, I, I don't. I don't. He's got kids. I don't have kids. And for me, this is almost like my children sort of thing. Uh-huh. And I guess this is what I'm dedicating my adult life into. And, uh, and it's, and it's, I mean, I've got thick skin, you know, I'll, I'll take some criticism. It's okay. But ultimately the goal is to have people enjoy what we make. I know they're not gonna like everything, but well, the especially time, the stuff that yeah. we create, like that's, that's way off the beaten path, yeah. you know, or like, mm-hmm. I'm a musician, you know, I like to write songs. Well, for a while there, we would play some of the clubs in Cincinnati, whatever, but there's nothing greater for me personally than to stand on stage and play one of a, a song that I wrote that's important to me and see someone out there singing my lyrics back to me. Like, mm-hmm. to me, that's transcendent. It's a great moment. And I'm and I'm excited about the beer for that mm-hmm. exact reason. Like, oh, we have this vanilla brownie and no one's heard of it and all of a sudden people can't put it down. And that's just exciting. People talking about it just from being good because we created it. Mm-hmm. Well, 
I agree. Success, I mean, I think success is, if it's, like you mentioned earlier, if it's right in the glass, I think the rest of the stuff will take care of itself. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and, and so I think that's a, and I think that's a fantastic point to end it. Uh, gentlemen, uh, Ron Sanders and uh, Eric Bosler from Darkness Brewing coming online in September or October. And, you, of course, you can listen to us right here on Cincy Brewcast, and we will have as many of the details as we can get for you uh, in advance of their opening. And, gentlemen, we'd love to come down and do this again when awesome. you open the, when you open yeah, the door. Absolutely. Love and idea. just real quick, uh, let, mention to our um, uh, listeners how they can get involved with the crowdfunding and some other of the pertinent facts maybe that might be important uh, okay, to well, you guys. As, as was mentioned, we're running our crowdfunding uh, effort right now, so we have about three weeks left so um, the easiest way to get there would just be to go to darknessbrewing.com and look at our first blog that's there uh, you can also find it on our Facebook page again just the darkness brewing or even uh, Twitter I think has it too so we have links for all of them on there and uh, we tried to do what we thought was popular what people were connecting to you know we feel like we have some pretty good rewards on there but uh, if you want something we don't have feel free to direct <laughs> message us <laughs> that's fundable Dot com. Oh yeah, it's yeah. A, we're using the platform is fundable.com. So, um, and uh, as we do with all of our special guests and uh, Darkness guys is, is no different. We have we'll put links on the www.cincybrewcast.com web web page. Uh, we'll have a link to the brewing uh, to, to the Darkness Brewing, and also you'll find all of our past shows and, and interviews and promos and so forth and so on on that and so gentlemen i just can't tell you what an absolute joy and thrill it's been to have you on with us cool. uh, it's just been uh so great and it's so great to talk to guys like you that have such passion and we've done it for the last 10 weeks in a row basically with everybody we've talked to in the craft it's been nice i've been listening craft brewing so industry and we, well, we appreciate we <laughs> yes, appreciate you. you listening to us and uh we're certainly uh proud to have you with us tonight and certainly awesome. proud that you uh, are a consumer of the program that makes us feel good so <laughs> uh, so best of uh, luck for sure thank yeah, you we'll be for you absolutely thank you uh so for uh and the gnarly gnome www.gnarlynome.com what, what do you got on there is there anything special anything different uh been a little bit of talk about fibonacci starting their brewing and um um which we, we do have Monday we do have an interview with we do have an week. interview with bob uh bolus we'll probably put that together in a couple of weeks or we may just go ahead and go out and do a show with bob and everybody over there i think you're going to uh, hear an opening date very soon so oh that's very that, yeah, that's so very exciting so it's all going to come together all right cool. and uh tina cisneros uh, brew river gastro pub come see me and let us know when you're down there um every night except for uh mondays tuesdays and sunday brunch Sunday brunch for sure. Which is the big, which is, got to get that poutine, got to have it, you know. <laughs> I make about 150 Bloody Marys on you Sunday make, morning. You, you, open with a, you open with a Bloody Mary, and then you go down there, and you order the poutine with two or three eggs, I like three eggs, and a left-hand milk stout, and you will feel like the king of the world. And I'll tell you that. <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah, absolutely. So, and sit at and, the bar, uh, the patio sucks. Don't go on the patio. <laughs> Sit at the bar. The bar is where it's at. 
And my, I'm just kidding. I'm and, just kidding. Uh, my name is Mike Cisneros, www.cincybrewcast.com, at Cincy Brewcast on Twitter. Cincy Brewcast is the Facebook fan page, at Cincy Brewcast on Instagram, which we try to keep up with. Uh, and you can also uh, become our friend on Untapped. Cincy Brewcast is our name. And uh, we'd like to thank everyone for listening tonight. And our and, viewers on Periscope. And, our, and all of our viewers Hi. on Periscope. Don't forget to go to uh, the App Store, uh, the Apple App Store, and download Periscope uh, for your iOS device. Uh, so once again, Mike Cisneros, thank you for listening. You have been listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft.